You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, episode 39, a story of redemption with Luke's story. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing, all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Hello, fine folks. Welcome to the Soul Wonder Podcast. We are your hosts, Sarah and Christopher. Awesome to be back as usual. Yes, and we are happy to have Luke's story on today's show. He's a former Hollywood celebrity fashion stylist with a really incredible story of redemption. But before we get into that, we want to give a shout out to Lore, L-A-U-R 321, for leaving us such a lovely review on iTunes. And why don't we read it to you? Lore said, what a wonderful journey these two amazing people are on. I feel their podcast to be very inspiring and educational. So happy they have decided to share this with us, what they are learning while on this path. Thanks, Laura321. And if you want to join her, we'll give you a shout out next week too if you leave a review. Yes. So how do you leave a review? Just go to your podcast app if you have an iPhone. You can go down to the bottom right, click that little search button down there, Type in the Soul in Wonder podcast. That will come up. Click on the album artwork and bam, you will see the review tab right in the middle. So go ahead and do that. And while you're at it, you can also leave one for Luke Story. His podcast is pretty badass as well. The Lifestylist. Yes. One of our favorite podcasts that we listen to. But guys, we have an awesome announcement to make we have a new program that will be launched in like two weeks yeah a little less than two weeks so this is the first the first and only personal transformation program exclusively for vegans so all you vegans we got a program for you the first ever It's one-on-one, it's holistic, and we're helping you, the vegan who is feeling lost, stagnant, or isolated, and is ready to uncover your truth to find your purpose so you can finally unleash your personal power, making a difference in this world. So let's be real here. For all you vegans, you know this. When you first become vegan, you're wondering, what's next? What do I do from here? What is my actual purpose in this world? And we're gonna help you dive deep into the inner landscapes of yourself to help you uncover all of this stuff. Really get to the bottom of it because really what we want at the end of the day is you to make a valuable contribution to the world and also to live a meaningful and just really fulfilling life. And an authentic one at that so that every decision you make, all of your actions are in alignment with your core essence. Guys, this is exciting. Yeah, it's really cool. So plus the the really cool thing, which I love about it, is that we roll all of our services. So right now we have health consultation, which includes herbal medicine protocols, detoxification, mm-hmm. whole food plant-based nutrition. We have our Eat to Thrive program, which is still going to stay. It's to help you transition to a whole food plant-based lifestyle. We have fulfillment life coaching with Sarah. She helps you dig deep 
identify your core values. Get rid of those limiting beliefs, y'all. So we're taking all of this and essentially rolling it into one program, and it's made for the vegan. Body, mind, and soul approach, holistic. So with that being said, we do have um, some really cool speeches coming up. November 8th. November 8th. Uh, and it will be on our keynote topic, finding health, happiness, and connection, the body, mind, soul approach to veganism. And this exact method that we talk about, this nine-step method, is the method that is going to be in the core essence total immersion. We just get to grab your hand and walk you right through it. Yes. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for a nice free webinar where you can learn a lot more about this program. And if you want to learn just a little bit more now, we got a little teaser page up on our website. You just go to soulinwonder.com and you'll see the total immersion tab. Click on that. It will tell you a little bit more. Yes. So once again, stay tuned for more updates. Well, guys, we're going to dive into this interview with Luke Story. It is a lengthy one, but boy, is it good. Man, he is one kick-ass dude. For those who don't know who Luke Story is, he's a former Hollywood celebrity fashion stylist and has spent the past 21 years developing and refining the ultimate lifestyle based on the most powerful principles of health and spirituality while at the same time embracing the technology and modern conveniences of urban living. So using himself as a human research lab, Luke has explored a super broad and sometimes extreme variety of measures to obtain optimal health, performance, and well-being. From, let's see, surviving being injected with poisonous Amazonian frog venom, to three-week silent meditation trainings in India, to neurofeedback training in an isolation chamber, Luke has scoured the earth for the most cutting-edge as well as ancient technologies of healing and personal transformation. So he has tenaciously applied the results of his field research and used them to not only completely transform his own life, but also the lives of thousands of fans and followers through his various media channels and speaking engagements. As a transformational coach, public speaker, and entrepreneur, Luke continues to share his strategies for healing and happiness to corporate as well as private clients through his innovative and highly effective lifestyle design coaching system, YouTube channel, and wildly popular podcast we mentioned earlier, The Lifestylist. Also, little tidbit, since 2008, he has served as founder and CEO at School of Style, the nation's most prominent fashion school for stylists. So, Luke has been up to a lot of juicy stuff, and in this interview, it's kind of like a campfire conversation. We just dove into his story of redemption and salvation and listened to his personal path as it developed and unfolded. We got into some pretty personal stuff about us as well in our own journey of consciousness and self-exploration, self-awareness, everything. So we really hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as we did having it. See you guys on the flip side. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. We are so pumped. We've got Luke Story here with us. How's it going, Luke? Thanks for coming on the show. It's 
going great. This is awesome. I have you guys on my giant monitor right now. It's like, <laughs> it's like I'm in the in a movie theater. This is amazing. I've just figured this out. Cool. So I yeah, hope, I'm I doing great. I hope we look good on the monitor that you got. We got we got a <laughs> tiny little phone. We're looking at you. We're trying to like squint and see you right now. That's funny. Yeah, you guys look great. I I have you on um you know on the Skype video, but I have a giant like I guess 24 inch iMac or something. So it's. It's nice. I'm almost like going, wow, I could actually scoot back. There you go. Grab some popcorn, just recline. So, you know, Luke, it's funny because Chris and I were originally attracted to your podcast because you do the same thing that we do. You bring on people for health, spirituality, personal development, all that really good stuff. And to be completely honest, we didn't really know who you were until we started listening to your podcast. And so As we're listening to your conversations with your guests, who are super awesome, by the way, your story started to unfold bit by bit. And I remember one time we were driving back from Asheville, North Carolina, a long trip downtown, and we were listening to one episode. It was with the sound therapy, Nate. Nate Martinez. Yes. Nate Martinez. Awesome episode. And I remember we both go to pause at the same time and look at each other and we were like, this Luke dude is cool as shit. Like, who is this guy? So we backtrack and listen to more of your episodes. And we have to admit, this is more of a selfish episode for us because we're inspired by the bits of your story that we've heard. And we're just, we just want to get to know you, see what's up in your life, like how your conscious path developed, et cetera, and things of that sort. So thanks again for coming on the show. Oh, well, first of all, thanks for listening to my podcast. And yeah, I don't think anyone in our world knew who the hell I was before the podcast came out because <laughs> I was I lived in a totally different universe, like living in Hollywood and working in the entertainment and music and fashion industries. Uh, I didn't have any sort of voice or I don't know, following or, you know, I was relatively unknown in this industry, but this is the stuff I've always been passionate about. I just never knew that you could actually make a career out of this. So right, um, I'm grateful that you guys found me and that you're enjoying the content. And yeah, I do have a pretty interesting story. I think it's uh, a story of redemption, you know, in the, in the most classic sense. So uh, sometimes that does spill out, but I love doing other people's shows because I get to share some of the things that I've experienced in the journey. And I don't get to do that a lot on my show because it's about the guest. And I have to always remind myself of that when (laughs) I go off on tangents. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess the, we're just going to open it up with the big question. Where does your story truly begin? What's the first thing that pops into your mind when someone asks you that? Putting you on the spot there. Yeah, it's fine. I love being on the spot. And that's why I never prepare for these things, because on the spot is where the magic happens. That's right. That's and right. the very first thing that came to mind for me was my first spiritual awakening when I was 26 years old in 1997. And that is really when I feel like my life began, even though I had you know 26 years of being in a physical body, that's when I started to awaken to the fact that there was, um, there was something other than my thoughts and my feelings that had tortured me. So in the Mm. years prior, it was my first uh, glimpse at liberation. And that liberation at that moment came in that I became instantaneously free of addiction. Hmm. which I had been suffering from for a long, long time prior. And so it was one of the one of those gifts or awakenings that I didn't even realize had happened until quite some time later. 
and it's something that is still sort of unfolding even now, almost 21 years later, like the miracle of that moment is being revealed to me on a deeper and deeper level. And that's, it's really exciting because that's what gives me the impetus to continue on the path of surrendering to my higher power. You know, essentially I've always, I have to learn how to get over using the word God because that word G-O-D like really freaks some people out. And I, I, I guess it <laughs> we've has, destroyed it. <laughs> it has so much, you know, baggage and religious connotations and stuff like that. But, but I really do believe in God, you know, I mean, it's just, there's no other way to say it. And that was the first moment in my life where I had a direct experience with God. And so uh, that's the thing. I won't say that I'm chasing it, but I'm just always looking um, for ways in which I can continue to expand that experience into more areas of my life, you know, more, more introspection and development and a continuing awakening, because I don't think there's a, an arrival point at which we, we've made it up to the top of the mountain and then we just chill. I mean, if you're in a human body, then it's the discovery and the challenges and the learning and the awakenings have to keep going. Oh, and, this uh, third density. As, as soon as you yeah, think you've you got know, it, I mean, it's, it's that's like... That's what we're dealing with here. So it's 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 been, you know, back to your the original thing you said, it's been really fun to sort of allow that to unfold, being the host of a podcast and interviewing all these other people. And then it's sort of like I've been surprised in a sense that people are interested in what I have to say and my experience and my perspective because... I still operate from very much a student point of view, mm. especially on my show. I mean, I interview the most brilliant people. I'm sure you guys have this experience being hosts yourselves. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe I get to like sit down and have these conversations. I mean, I just interviewed Sharon Salzberg at her apartment in New York. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, I'm like, how does this happening right now? I don't know. I just keep <laughs> surrendering and surrendering and surrendering to to the truth about myself and, and universal truths about everything. And I keep being put in a position uh, now where I have the opportunity to share my perspective. And it's sort of like the experience to me is coming to realize through the reflection from other people that uh, I have a lot more wisdom than I give myself credit for. Mm. Because you know how it is. I mean, you guys obviously work on yourselves. You're always looking at the the mountain of coal in front of you yet to be shoveled. So I never feel like I really have that much going on because I'm always working on the next thing. You know, mm -hmm. it's, I find something that needs to be addressed in my personal life or a, a pesky defect of character that I'm, you know, trying to eradicate or whatever it is or just seeing ways in which I'm still identified with ego and all of that. But to someone who's maybe just starting out on the journey, I have a lot of information and a lot of experience, you know, so it's, it's fun to sort of come into my own at this point in my life at almost 47 years old and starting to do speaking and being on shows and like, wow, I do actually have a lot of valuable, not knowledge, but well, knowledge, but also just life experience that, that people find useful. So I really, you know, I appreciate your acknowledgement and you giving me the opportunity to continue to do so. Yeah, of course. I mean, to be honest with you, as you said, it's just a never ending journey. And it's something that, you know, since Sarah and I met, we, uh, everybody, our listeners know at least, but uh, for maybe your listeners, we met in Africa about three years ago while we were serving in the Peace Corps. And since that moment, since we came together as a union in this union, 
we've never stopped learning and growing together and being able to always examine anything that's going on inside of us, whether, you know, the shadow parts of ourselves and that sort of thing. So we can relate on such a profound level to what you're talking about right now. And it's, uh, it's a magical journey. It's a turbulent journey. It, it takes a lot out of you, but at the same point, if you're not growing, then what's life really? I like how you said yeah. it's, it's, you know, you feel like you've taken this, the permanent student role probably for the rest of your life and other people find your experiences interesting or motivational or inspirational. It's, it's sometimes I think when we're living through these experiences, we forget how, how connected we all really are and how sharing these profound moments with others elevates that collective consciousness, you know, and we, we don't view ourselves in the same light that other people see us because it's literally impossible to see yourself from other observational points of consciousness you can only have yeah. this like concept in your mind but it it never really becomes your reality which is incredibly cool but I'm curious how you know you said you're 26 years old you had this pivotal moment where you feel like you discovered this God um, concept that related to you at that time whichever way you see that word to relate to and you'd said you'd you'd came through, you know, drug addiction and things of that sort. Do you mind sharing what this pivotal experience was or was it something that just sort of happened organically over a short period of time? Well, yeah, I mean, it's a really simple story. And when I speak about that profound experience and that awakening, it's not like a white light experience or the accounts that some spiritual teachers or aspirants give of like an enlightening moment where the ego disappeared and they became <laughs> able to, you know, perceive reality from a different point of view. It was just, mine was very entry level and rudimentary and just very basic. And I'll explain it. But at the same time, as I said, over, over the course of many years, I've come to see the profound depth of that situation, even though at the time it was somewhat subtle and sort of came to light and un unraveled over the course of the first few months when I first got sober. But yeah, really what happened was, is for as long as I could remember, since I was in elementary school, really, and up through junior high and high school, uh, with the exception of two years in which I was sent away to this weird cult boarding school and I was sober for two years from 14 to 16 but for a few years prior to that and from 16 years old to 26 years old I literally lived as a slave I mean when I look back on how I spent my days I was 100% all the time controlled by substances you know it's just the it's the weirdest thing to think about the level of liberation and freedom that I experience on so many levels now but you know my soul was addicted my body was addicted my mind was addicted I just everything that motivated me on a daily basis was dictated by using chemicals to alter the way that I felt because I felt so uncomfortable all the time I mean, I was so overcome with negative emotions and, and patterns of thought. And that started really, really young as a reaction to trauma and then the shame that ensued as a result of the trauma and then compounding more self-destructive behavior into 
a more shameful experience of self to where I became a person that just really didn't like myself and was constantly at odds with reality and at odds with myself. So there was a profound sense of discomfort and self-loathing and outer other loathing and resentment and hostility. And in order to be able to stay, stay alive in my body and not leave through suicide, I had to medicate. You know, I put myself on meds. And so my psychiatric medications were ones that you buy on a street corner. <laughs> You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> back then you used to, well, this is not in the early days when I was a kid, but later on in, in my twenties that you had pagers, you know, you paged the guy. <laughs> and it was like, you know, that's how you got in touch with the dealer. And so I lived at the beck and call of a pager or who was on the street corner. And I really lived, I mean, there's no other way to say it. I just, I lived in bondage, not only the physical addiction, but as I said, the, the bondage of being so consumed by self-centeredness and self-obsession and self-pity and really, really at the mercy of my negative emotions, my painful emotions and my thinking. So what happened was, is that I hit a real bottom in my life to where I knew that I was going to die go to prison, be injured physically because I was putting myself in a lot of very dangerous situations with really dark, dangerous people. And it was one of those things where I, I envision it as like when you see in the cartoons when one of the characters in a canoe and it's about to go over a waterfall mm -hmm. and they're trying to, you know, scramble and, and row the boat to the side, you know, to prevent them from falling over the waterfall. And that's the feeling I had on a very existential level it's like oh man my higher self i think was telling me luke you better bail man you better get out because it's about to end or it's about to get really really dark and so i thankfully had enough desperation and humility at the time where the idea of asking some invisible friend like a god to help me didn't seem that crazy mm -hmm. <laughs> because i had tried everything within my own power and my own resources to help myself. So what happened that day? I guess it would have been February 15th of 1997, which is a day I celebrate every year, is that I literally got on my hands and knees and I prayed to a God that I didn't know, that I didn't believe in. I had no religious experience, no training, no dogma, no belief system. I just said, I have no other choice but to ask this thing, whatever it is, to help me. And so I prayed in the very traditional sense. And I think my prayer probably said something to the degree that um, of God, would you please, please save me and relieve me of this obsession? I want to live. Mm. I want to have a shot at having a life. And from that moment which I'm sure happened, you know, I was so unconscious waking up that day uh, that I don't remember exactly how long this went on. But from that moment, from that first day until this moment now, almost 21 years later, we're now in October and uh, this will be 21 years coming in February that that uh, event happened. From that moment until now, I never, ever, ever once have had to be concerned in any way whatsoever 
with the idea of drinking or doing drugs or anything like that. It's wow. like, yeah, it was very profound. Probably not so profound to someone who's never been really in the throes of addiction and really been under that, under the grip of it, under control of it. I think from a objective point of view, people kind of relate to that because they're like, they can imagine what that feels like. Mm -hmm. But it's like, if you've never lived as a slave, you've never been in bondage and had someone come take the handcuffs off. You know, it's difficult to understand how profound that is where now I, you know, I go wherever I want. I live as a free man. I never have to worry about, oh, I might, you know, take a drink or someone offers me drugs or something. It's not like I even think about it. I just, I'm not even, it's not even part of my universe. I'm totally in a different orbit from that world. I would never, ever consider going back on, on that gift, you know? And so that was beautiful, but here's the, <laughs> here's the thing, you know, and anyone that's ever been relieved in a spiritual sense from any sort of compulsion or addiction, I think will tell you that that was just the tip of the iceberg, you know, because then what happens is you're like, oh, cool. Wow, there's this God thing. This shit is real. <laughs> this is incredible. But then it's like, okay, now how do I use that same relationship and that same process of surrender to deal with anger and guilt and mm -hmm. fear and anxiety and resentment and selfishness and dishonesty and phoniness and um, self-loathing and self-deception. You know, it's like, God, there, there's the work for the rest of your life. So that was just like a profound gift. But at the same time, that was just sort of the key to opening the door. And then you open the door and it's like, oh, shit. That was, <laughs> you know, there's really, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So we've gotten rid of the symptom. It's almost like, you know, you have a cold and you, you get rid of the runny nose, but like you still have to deal with the immune system, you know? And so now I'm, fortifying my spiritual immune system so that if a relationship ends or someone gets sick or someone dies or my car gets dented or I get pulled over or pay more taxes than I feel I should be paying or, you know, the printing of my flyers didn't arrive and I'm about to take a trip where I go promote my podcast, you know, all these things continue to happen. But because I'm going deeper into that process of surrender, I tend to not get too vexed by day-to-day -day life and the value in that is it's not just that i have more inner freedom but it guarantees me the freedom from ever having to go back to those self-destructive means of dealing with discomfort so like the idea of me having a bad day and then having to go to the bar and have a bunch of cocktails to deal with my bad day like that's just so not an idea that makes any sense it's it has no appeal to me and i i know on a deep level that it would never work absolutely and in, in closing back to something that you you said earlier is that it's very difficult to see ourselves objectively and to see the progress that we've made and really to value ourselves but in the same way it's also very difficult to see the ways in which we're still deluding ourselves. Mm -hmm. you know, so that's, that's part of the work too, is like, and I, I guess that's to say, you know, if you say, what's your one goal in life, it would be to achieve a um, higher degree of humility. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's to really own the, the higher self and to operate from that and to really acknowledge my skills and my talents and my gifts and to celebrate them and share them without any shame, but also to know like, all right, 
you know, you slept in too late today. You got to work on that. Or mm -hmm. you, 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 like for me, what I'm working on right now is, um, is my language. I, I swear a lot. And a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. <laughs> and so it's a really difficult habit for me to break. I quit heroin, right? <laughs> it's a full-blown heroin addict, but I'm having a, a much more, well, I would say a more difficult time, but at this stage in my development, it's just as hard for me to stop swearing. Mm -hmm. And it's not that Guilty. I'm trying to be, I'm not trying to be more, you know, it's not a moral thing. It's just, I care about other people and a lot of people get triggered by certain words. I don't understand it because to me, words are just words. It's about the intention behind them. So if I drop F-bomb in the middle of a conversation like this, there, I don't see the harm in it, but to some people that word might have meaning or their brain could be programmed to have an emotional reaction to that word. And so I want to be, if I can, respectful of that. So in all of that, I guess I could summarize and say I had this, I've had many, many profound spiritual awakenings and experiences like that. But still, it's just at the end of the day, it's about the day to day stuff. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, cool. Let me look at the progress I've made. Now, what is there that I can get better at today? And and that keeps life interesting because then it's fun because you get to track your progress and you have hopefully people around you that will reflect some of that progress, which I do now. People like you, they're like, hey, you're cool. We want to hear what you have to say. But then I also have my spiritual teacher, Jeff Kober, who was on my show the other day. And I call him and I'm like, all right, I'm really tripping. Here's what's going on. And <laughs> he'll show me things about myself that I really don't necessarily want to hear or mm -hmm. want to look at. He'll show me ways in which I'm totally delusional and in ego or in mind and uh and i'm really i still have my blind spots and that's where that outside perspective i think is so important whether it be a therapist or spiritual counselor sponsor mentor whatever it is or a husband all, <laughs> yeah oh, you wow. know if, if you have the communicate you know if you have the nonviolent communication piece down mm -hmm. where you can have your partner reflect that too it's it's amazing. I mean, I, that what a gift to be able to have that. I'm not in a relationship right now, but that's a quality that I would love to have is to have honest dialogue and feedback from a partner because no one knows you as well as the person that you sleep with every night. You Absolutely. Know? Like, that's the person that knows your shit. You know, it's like there's no fooling someone you've been with for a couple of years. They they know everything about you, hopefully. You well, know, and even that. even if he didn't know my shit, he's my mirror. Exactly. I can't get away from him. So I see myself in him every single day. So anything that I see as a flaw, which I don't believe necessarily to give it that term, I recognize as something within myself that needs to be dug up and Oh, that's beautiful. On. That's so true. So that's you so know, true. you're so right. I mean, having someone to be able to, whether it's vocally in a safe space, say like, hey, you know, maybe you should check this out about yourself, which we we do. We, we do quite um, often and, and the open lines of communication are there, which is just I mean, honestly, I've never had this before and it's just a it's a pretty incredible experience to have that's for sure but you know i just want to say before we go down the stream of consciousness because this is going in a wonderful direction but you know the the fact that you were able to break that cycle with one act of humility one act of vulnerability one act of just pure presence of giving up every bit of control and power to something that you didn't even yep. 
know existed at that point in time is is incredibly profound. And I wish I the English language had the words to really describe that because I've been in the the drug scene too, and I've seen what it does firsthand too many times with people and the the bondage that you referred to is very real and it's not just this thing that you can flip on and off and it's I you know I don't have to explain it so to be able to just all of a sudden hand that over and for 21 years you said now coming on to never have to be concerned about going back to those vices is just incredibly inspirational and I can't wait to share this story with our listeners because I know people will find this motivating for sure and i know you it's so yeah go go ahead ahead. ahead, well you know actually it's worth it's worth saying one thing i i did a show on my an episode on my podcast it was the first one you know your intro one where you tell your story and i called mine return of the jedi just because you know my name's luke and all that but i interviewed this woman um abby galvin uh in new york city to be on my show um when i went in and met her I said, hey, I got this podcast. Here's the link, blah, blah, blah. I'd love for you to be on. She was like, cool. So I came back the next day and she had listened to that episode and she went, wow, God, you have such a great story. It's this story of, of salvation and redemption. And, you know, you go through all this gnarly stuff and then you try all these weird, you know, practices to try to get better and, you know, all that stuff. She goes, but you never said how it happened, you know, and I got to listen back to it because I'm like, what? How did I skip that part? But, you know, I really want to give credit if I can do so in a way that, uh, you know, follows mm, spiritual traditions, but it's not like I just said that prayer and then like, oh, I just stayed sober forever. Mm -hmm. You know, I really got involved in addiction recovery and, you know, in groups and all this kind of stuff. So I had a lot of peer support and support from a lot of mentors along the way and continue to do so, you know, so I have to give, um, you know, give credit where credit's due. It's not just like, oh, I just became a spiritual mm-hmm. seeker and, and continue to get that relief. That was like the initial awakening. But then I've really had to make myself a part of recovery communities and make sure that I really stay plugged in. And what I've noticed, or because you said you might pass this on to other people that are struggling. It's not just like, oh, you just say a prayer once and then you're good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really had to change my entire life and make sure that I was around other people that were also in recovery from addictions, you know, mm-hmm. on an ongoing basis and continue to do so. And also, after a time when I kind of had some, uh, had solidified that s- sobriety within myself, that I started to help other people to achieve and maintain that. And I continue to do that just, you know, obviously pro bono. And it's, it's just one of those things where, you know, someone says, Hey, I need help that someone who's in the throes of addiction or alcoholism or something. It's like, I'll never stop doing that. That's what really feeds me and, and keeps me, I think, safe and protected is that like, I reached out to other people when I was first sober and they were there for me. I feel this really spiritual, deep obligation to be there for others in that same way mm-hmm. so it's it's i think it's important to state that you know that's not just like a one-time thing and then they just go you know <laughs> unicorns and rainbows from here on out i mean i've been very involved in recovery you know so if you go to a treatment center like i went to they're going to give you an aftercare plan that's like 
go to sober living, go to meetings, do this, do that. I mean, there's definitely like a method to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's important to state. Anyway, what were you going to say? No, that's, that's fantastic. And, and you're, to your point, having a mentor, I think is huge. I mean, with any point in life, it doesn't matter what you're going through, having those mentors, those mirrors, as Sarah said, along the way to be able to reflect back and to be able to, like you said, with your uh, spiritual teacher, to tell you some of the things that maybe you don't want to hear or maybe the things that you might be ignoring. So I think that's huge, and, and I think that's amazing that you're giving back to that community. So it's it's really flipped around, come full circle for you to be able to then have that experience and then share that experience and help people that are going through that experience. So Well, our trauma becomes our sole imperative, you know, our purpose for contribution yeah. in a way. And I feel like when people run away from that trauma becoming, you know, something they can flip to use as their purpose, that's when it swallows them whole. That's when it you find yourself feeling so defeated um, or victimized, so to speak. But when you can it's paradoxically you give up your power to something unknown just to unleash your power as well. It's like you, it's this weird circle. And when you embrace it, you know, it's like peeling back the layers of an onion. You just go deeper and deeper. Um, You know, I have, I, I can relate profoundly because I had the same exact moment while I was in a relationship with a heroin addict where I fell down to my knees and prayed to a God I'd never prayed to before and said, I can't, I can't do this. What do I do? What do I do from here? How do I do this for me? Because it had been about him the whole time. So at that point, it was me giving away my power, but also unleashing my power and recognizing that I have that ability to finally give up and be okay with giving up sometimes because sometimes things just have to shift and everybody's situation is different. But in that moment, being in a cycle of abusive relationships, it came time for me to fall on my knees and say, I need help. I need to figure out my next step. And like you said, it wasn't just this magical wand and everything's pretty and happy. It's it's just that you start to see the doors open that you didn't notice before. And you just walk through one door and take your time and walk through the next door and take your time. And next thing you know, you've surrounded yourself with incredible people that can help pull you out of that pit that you've been in. So Um, this is just interesting hearing from your perspective on your side of the story as I'm like trying to keep my life separate, you know, my past situation to hear you fully. But that's, that's something that I've never connected with someone on before in that, in that moment. So I enjoy it. It's the great, uh, it's the great cosmic giggle is that (laughs) the way to win is to surrender. I mean, that's the thing, you know, about, about spiritual work is that it's counterintuitive in a sense. It's counterintuitive to the mind, not to your, you know, to your heart, but it's that everything is almost backwards in spirituality. It's really mm. weird. So it's like, <laughs> say you're up against something and you're exerting your will, say in your case, oh, I'm, I'm trying to get out of the, this pattern of involving myself in relationships that are dysfunctional or that are harmful or dangerous or just, you know, just uh, not healthy. And you key, you break up with someone and then you're like, I'm never doing that again. All right, God damn it. I'm going to follow my own rules this time. Not going to have sex too early or whatever it is, you know, <laughs> whatever it is that traps us. For me, it's usually that one. You know, it's a habit, the habit slash pattern that I've had. And then I end up in things that don't necessarily serve my highest good because I didn't think it through, you know. But 
we, the natural inclination is to like exert more will and more force and just, well, I just got to try harder. I can beat this. And then we try and we try and we try whatever it is, whether it's eating too much ice cream or, you know, smoking too much crack, whatever compulsions we have, the counterintuitive thing is to surrender. Like that's the way to victory is you stop fighting. You put up the white flag and to the ego, this makes no sense. The ego is all about, it's all about the battles and it's really good at fighting but it's not good at winning it doesn't understand the war you know mm. it's like the soul can kind of if you have those moments of clarity you can see like okay man i'm trying everything here and all of my resources are failing me and in that moment like you had and like so many of us have had uh, in that moment of surrender what happens is i avail myself to a power that's so much bigger than anything that I have just unto myself, you know, my own self-contained willpower. Okay, I'm not going to do a relationship like this again, or I'm not going to drink tonight, or I'm not going to spend more money than I earn, or whatever compulsion or dysfunction I'm experiencing. The moment you surrender, it makes room for this universal, unlimited power to enter your life. And so it's like when I walked out of that treatment center, it wasn't as if I was a robot and this God that I'd surrendered to was like controlling my feet as I walked down the street. It's just, I was actually given the power of choice, which I had lost. And that's the miraculous thing about surrender is that you don't want, the ego doesn't want to surrender because it doesn't want to lose the power that it thinks it's exerting over your life. But when you do surrender at depth, you get more power than you ever could have imagined. And it's a power that's eclipses the power of the ego infinitely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I have like real power that is available to me in my life now when I'm in a state of allowing rather than in a state of pushing and forcing. And this is true of the creative process of, of everything that's real and good in life. The power of surrender and allowing nature or the universe or God to operate through us really gives us the ability to, to have an impact on such a more profound, deep level than we ever could just willing it with our little, you know, our little monkey mind, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like anything you want to accomplish. I mean, it's like I was sitting on my couch a couple of days ago and I, I just was booked to speak at a couple events that I just say, I just say yes to stuff. Like you guys asked yep. to be on your show. I'm just like, I honestly, I don't even think about it. I'm just like, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, good. Let's do it. Let's Why do not? It. Yeah. And I was sitting on my couch and, and, you know, I was just thinking about where I came from and that now I have the opportunity to go share some of this stuff with people. And, and my, my business partner, Lauren, who I used to be in a relationship with some years ago, she's just achieving all of this success outside of our business that we own. And, she's having these opportunities come up and she had texted me, Oh my God, guess what just happened? And she booked this big job and I just sat on my couch and I just cried, you know, and I just, I just surrendered more because I was in a moment where I could really see the miracle that is my life and not just my life, but the life that so many other people that I'm engaged with also have because all my people are on the same damn path. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever they're, well, not the same path, but they're, they're on the same journey, maybe even a different trail, a different path sure. up to the top of the same mountain, you know? So it's like being surrounded by so many other people that are also continually surrendering. And then 
watching that unfold is really, really powerful. It's so magical. And talking about surrender and just that letting that universal downloads come into you and, and feeling that just overwhelming just sense of peace and clarity and all of that that you know we we've sat many nights just looking at each other and be like where are we what is happening is this right real? Now? <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome you know and and at, tears coming down our face you're like man like Aww. this is just it's a, it's incredible when you let that happen you let those feelings come in and you step out of creation right and you, you start to become that observer and you're just kind of looking down on this fairy tale type of life, you know, and, and just where is this all coming from? But at the same point, you're so appreciative and so thankful for that, everything mm -hmm. that you have. And it's just, um, again, it's ineffable. It, there's no really words to describe what we're talking about. It's a feeling that sits deep inside of your heart that, uh, again, you just can't really describe. It's that truth behind the words. We've been talking about this a lot. And, you know, it's that space, yeah. that that emptiness and everythingness that's behind that thought that's rambling through your head and the words that we're speaking. It's you can't explain the truth. You can't even understand it with words. You just have to be it. And, um, you know, it's being one with that intelligent energy that just courses through our veins and recognizing that while this is all so important, it's not, it doesn't matter at the same time. It's, we live <laughs> in a constant paradox and we've created yeah. this, right? And I don't know, it's, it's going along with surrender, going along with humility, going along with just doing the dirty work within yourself. It aligns you with the paths of the people that have impactful stories and that have those, those moments to share. And I, I can't even, you know, believe just looking back at our lives years ago, how different, how, how it how everything just like is a, just... it's a past life that you it's you have these faint memories of but at the same point it's like i feel like this was a whole nother lifetime that i was living absolutely and so you know hearing stories like yours i can only imagine you know your moment where you you broke down in tears because you're like what is this you know how this is all just unfolded and you can trace it back to that moment when you're 26 years old on the ground saying, I'm, I'm throwing in the towel, like, show me this way. And you were willing to follow it. And not, not a lot of people, a lot of people, I think, ask, but they don't, they're not willing to listen. They're not willing to see the signs that are coming their way to help show them the road that they need to take for redemption, for salvation. And the ability to shut up and listen is the saving grace, I think, as human beings. Because if we just didn't let that ego get in the way to begin with, well, we wouldn't have had the heroin problem. We wouldn't have been in the abusive relationships, yada, yada, yada. So it's stepping back and removing that from ourselves, where we can finally just see it for what it is and listen to everything around us as something that's a part of us anyway rather than something so separate. So kudos to you for listening. <laughs> yeah, you guys are great, man. And it's it's so interesting to have been on this journey for a while and now meet younger people like you two that are that are on to all of this. It's so strange. I, I don't know if humanity is having this. I, I believe we are having an awakening right now. There's I think a shift the 19, for sure. Yeah, I think the 1960s were just like, 
jacks for openers. That was just, <laughs> I think what we're about to experience, honestly, is a, is a true revolution of consciousness. Mm. So that's there. But also, I'm like, maybe there were people like you guys around all the time, but I was just not tuned into the same channel. You know, I was like on the freaking in an alley somewhere, you know, in a totally <laughs> different uh, plane of reality. And I know that those planes still exist and I'm not tuned into them. So it's just fascinating to meet people that are kind of on the same page. I go, wow, where did all these people come from? But I guess it's, it's, do you guys know the hundredth monkey principle? Have you ever heard that? No, I have, I have, but refresh our memory. Well, the hundredth monkey is sort of a, it's the idea of entrainment where people in, in different uh, places at the same time share an experience uh, even though they weren't directly influential on one another in a way that's perceivable. And I don't, no one knows if the hundredth monkey thing is true, but where it comes from is something like this. And I'm totally paraphrasing this. You'd have to Google it. There's, I think there's a Wikipedia of the hundredth monkey concept or principle, but essentially there's two islands, right? That are separated. And there's no way that the monkeys on Island a can be in contact with the monkeys on Island B. No way. just totally physically impossible. They're too far apart. They can't swim. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, one day the monkeys on Island A, a couple of them figure out how to, well, maybe one at first actually figures out how to open up this coconut a certain way, like use a tool, for example. And then it sort of spreads to all the monkeys on that island and they're all just kicking ass opening the coconuts. Then shortly after, at the same time on Island B, all the monkeys all of a sudden know how to open the coconuts like that. And it's this idea of entrainment. So I witness that all the time where it's like, wow, everyone's just sort of waking up whether we like it or not. And mm -hmm. and you can see this a lot in in what's going on. And I don't definitely don't want to get into a political conversation, but <laughs> you can see what's happening around the world politically. There's a lot of I mean, I think people. it's really exciting. I'm I'm pumped. I think like, wow, shit's changing. This is awesome. Might Hell get yeah. rocky for a bit, but there's definitely something different happening than what's I've seen since nineteen seventy, you know. So there's a lot of shit getting stirred up. It could get a little destructive, um, the weather, the politics, all of this. But I really think that all the human minds that are in consciousness are connected and we're all going like, wait, there's more to this than meets the eye. You know, there's <laughs> something there's something going on here that we, are, you know, have been perhaps unaware of before. And it's it's great to see, like, you know, like I said, young people like you. I mean, not like I'm 80 years old, but I'm a few <laughs> years older than you. And I meet people like I just interviewed this kid on my show, uh, Matt Maruka. He's nine, he just turned 19 years old. And wow. I mean, I sit down and talk to this kid about consciousness and biohacking. And I'm just like, dude, you're a Martian. How do you know this shit at 19? <laughs> at 19, I was just like, where can I get sex and drugs? Right. You know what I mean? It was just like just one goal, one idea about the world is just how can I feel better? How can I feel better? How can I feel better? You know, and I, I interviewed this kid and I mean, he's teaching me all about biology and circadian rhythms and DHA and blue light and EMFs and how to have healthy relationships and, you know, have a spiritual experience. And he knows about ego and how to be aware of it. I'm just, and he just listened to podcasts and like found it on the internet. It's not like mm -hmm. he's been living in a monastery in Tibet or something, he's just a regular kid from Philly. But you also have to I, be ready to receive it too. Yeah. You know, like I feel right. like, I feel like how many times have I heard something you know maybe that he was listening to on his podcast or looking up on the internet and how many times did it just go right over my head or right through my ears right. it's not until that moment when you connect with it on such a personal level 
that it just everything suddenly makes sense. And I, I agree, though, you know, I'm meeting kids. I mean, I say kids. I'm 20, 28. Am I 28? Yeah, you're 20, 20, you're I can't remember if I turned 29 or 28. <laughs> <laughs> I don't concept of time doesn't exist for us anymore. But, you know, I'm meeting younger kids too, like 17, 18, you know, that you can have these conversations with. And it blows my mind just as much as it blows yours. You know, it's, but like I'd said before, it's almost like you make this, you open yourself up. So the, the paths just start to intertwine. And it's this collective consciousness that's been enhanced and released since now the pimple is popping as disgusting as that sounds it really is erupting and we have this ability or we have this opportunity to seize this and well and to also be able to realize that we can use our co-creative consciousness to benefit humanity and to benefit ourselves and to be able to grow as human beings together instead of separate and divided Mm -hmm. and 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 of course as chaos happens and things get shit gets stirred up here you know we're going to see division we're going to see separation but we're also going to see balance we're going to see harmony we're going to see all the opposite effects happening as well and to what you were saying humanity is coming together people are waking up and we can give you we can throw you some books that uh <laughs> would definitely spark this conversation a little bit deeper than we're getting into right now but uh you know we're all about this and and feel you on this for sure do you guys find where you live you're in north carolina right near charlotte is that what you said yeah, yeah we're in temporarily charlotte. we, we in travel a lot we've uh well that's another we've been around the world and travel we like to move around and and see different places be a part of different cultures but yeah right now we're in charlotte and have you found that you guys in charlotte can find like-minded people is there a community there for weirdos like us you know, like how I just included you guys in being a weirdo. Oh, <laughs> trust me. We're weird. You don't even know. <laughs> I'm sure you're even I've, weirder I've than Charlotte. And, I, you know, I wasn't there for that long and I didn't find like a yoga studio or something. Um, but it seems like a place that has less people doing Kundalini yoga and this right. and that than, you know, well, Venice, California. Let's just put it this way. Right now. I mean, there's a there's a millennial scene here. So there's definitely I'm 30. As she said, she's 28. So for our scene, the millennials. It's growing. It's becoming bigger. There are more yoga studios popping up. We're vegan, so we there's a lot of good vegan restaurants popping up. So that scene is happening. But to be honest with you, um, you know, Sarah and I work our asses off, so we stay inside and work a lot and just really work towards, you know, building pr- this, bu- building our, our our business and everything. But the people we have met, uh, we have connected. But it just hasn't been on that extremely deep level. To be honest with you, we don't really like surface level conversation anymore. When we go out, we want to get into it. We want to ask you about everything. Shout, wanna... shout out to Cord and Patience yeah. for um, their <laughs> next level shit. They're awesome. Yeah, and... <laughs> we, we just met a couple recently yeah. that we've, we've really just, you know, become really close with very quickly. And, and that, that is refreshing when you have that and have that connection because we have each other every day. We talk about all this shit all the time. I mean, it's literally never ending, but when you can talk to somebody else like yourself or, uh, our, our friends that we just met, it's really, um, it's really nice. It's, it's pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. But there's a town out there that I went to some years ago called Boone. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. We were just there. Have you guys ever been up there? Yeah. Yeah. Grandfather Mountain. Yep. Yeah, that was a cool town. I enjoyed that. There's like little health food stores and 
Yeah, it was just a couple of healthy restaurants, some hippies, creeks, hiking. It was kind of a, a pretty earthy spot for that part of the country. Mm -hmm. I found that there was like a community of like-minded people there that I vibed with. The, the hiking is incredible here. I mean, the outdoors, the all the stuff. I mean, you go out to Asheville. Asheville, have you been to Asheville yet? No, I haven't. Oh, man, that's, yeah, that's that's definitely a really, really cool town. A lot of healthy restaurants, a lot of that type of living that we're talking about. But yeah, it's, it's the hot yeah. spot for progressive living. <laughs> it's definitely getting a little is overcrowded, it? though. Mm -hmm. Way overcrowded, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you're yeah. on the West Coast, right? I'm in Hollywood, California. So yeah. you've got a plethora of subcultures surrounding yeah. you, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, honestly, that's why I still live in the city. I Sometimes I'm like, God, I got to get out of here. Like go to a town like Boone, North Carolina. I'm like, oh my God, I need to come and live in the woods, you know? And then, I don't know, I get back here and like all my stuff is here, you know? The yoga classes, the health food store, there's a million sound baths and spiritual groups and uh you know all my friends the community i mean like within a two mile radius there's five organic restaurants and you know it's just like my lifestyle's here but it's also i really love to get out of the city and into the country so mm -hmm. i'm at a place in life now i'm like yeah i'm putting it out in there to the universe that if i could detach myself from some of the conveniences and that really strong community here i wouldn't mind being somewhere a little more remote uh, at least some of the time it's re it's actually really nice um you know being in the place of isolation where you can actually hear yourself you know just his village in africa was the quietest place i'd ever been and i think he could say the same and yeah, really the stars look like you've just spilled a bag of glitter on a black piece of paper and there's no sound and it's just I mean, it's stillness to the point where you, again, there's no words to describe that, but to be able to go within and to be able to write, to be able to read, to be able to reflect on your whole entire life up until that point. Um, I mean, that was, that was a huge turning point for myself and obviously uh, her as well. But you've traveled quite extensively, haven't you, and dove into a lot of experiments with consciousness expansion yourself, huh? Sure, <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, I have. I, I, it's been a while since I've traveled internationally. I think the last trip I took was a couple of years back to Thailand and Cambodia. Nice. I How spent was that? a lot of time. Oh, it was amazing, man. I went to Angkor Wat, which is like just the most bizarre, you know, <laughs> talk about consciousness. Yeah, just really interesting place in Cambodia and Siem Reap, you know, one of those phenomenal places that popped up on the planet at the same time as a bunch of other seemingly unrelated things like pyramids and stuff. There's just magic there. It's really cool. Um, and then I, you know, I just love tropical areas. So that was, it same was really here. great to go to Thailand and stuff like that. But the last trip I went on that was really spiritually centered was the India trip. That was like in the early two thousands or something. I went there for about a month and went on like a full on guru pilgrimage kind of situation. But the, the one thing that I haven't done and in terms of travel and probably won't do is the uh, shamanic, you know, hallucinogen plant medicine kind of vibes. That's not really my my path, you mm -hmm, know, sure. um, but a lot of people do find value in that experience, but it's not been mine. But when I travel, I obviously look for the most conscious people that I can find. Mm -hmm. For sure. It reminds me, I'm due for like another another trip i don't know where i would want to go i don't really have any place on my 
bucket list right now, though, weirdly enough. There's go to Columbia. One place I'd like to go is I'd like to go to the cool hot springs in Iceland. Oh, yeah. It's called the Blue Lagoon, I think. That's something I always see on Instagram, and I'm like, that looks sick. I gotta go there. (laughs) You should definitely. But mostly when I travel, you know what I really look for is I look like I like going to hot springs around the world. That's kind of my thing that I look for. Even when I went to Thailand, like, Everyone's like, let's go to the beach. I'm like Googling hot springs. And I got on a bus and drove like three miles out of Krabby and found like the sickest hot springs out in the jungle. And <laughs> that's that was like one of my favorite parts about the trip. Yeah, there's something about healing water to me that just mm-hmm. really there's a strong pull to that. And tomorrow I'm going to Aspen to speak at a couple events out there. And there's a lot of hot springs around that area. So oh, yeah. that's what I'll. That's incredible. I'll be finding like cold ass rivers to jump in and hot springs to jump in that's like my that's my real like nature connection yeah is the water stimulate that lymphatic system (laughs) yeah totally for sure uh as sarah mentioned before you got to get to Colombia. have you been to colombia yet country no i have not i've only been to brazil down in that region i've not been to colombia but my brother's going there next week actually really where's he going you know a part Medellin. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's got some sort of um, date down there or something of that sort. It involves a female or females. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I'm looking forward to his see what happens for him because it sounds like he's got some cool introductions going on in Colombia. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I like I like Latino women. So. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> see how my brother does on his on his trip down there. But I've I've always been really attracted to Latino women, and I think that's that's what he's up to down there is some romantic getaway. So who knows? But I'd go to Colombia just for the hot springs, anyway, man. Oh man, yeah. There's some good. There's some really good uh, hot spots. We spent about a month there, and we just uh, fell in love with it. We're definitely going to be going back there, hosting retreats, and hopefully, you know, just awesome. spending some leisurely time there because it's a, it's an amazing country. I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that. Okay, I'm going to put that on my list then. Do it. I don't know why I haven't really. I just don't have the travel bug so much now. You know, mm-hmm. like when sure. I was younger, I think I was like, oh, I got to go to this country and that country, and now it's sort of like unless somebody gets me off my mm-hmm. roost, like my friends are like, dude, we're going to Thailand. Let's roll. I was like, OK, <laughs> I probably never would have gone if they didn't like plan the trip and kind of put it together. We had a guide and stuff like that, a guy that, you know, had lived in Cambodia and Thailand for a long time. So there was a reason to. But God, I probably would never go anywhere if someone didn't like kind of get me off my butt and, and uh, inspire me to do so. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's sometimes when in the younger years, you know, you feel like you don't have enough time in the world. And so you just want to do everything as quickly as possible. And right. I, I, you know, before I, I, if I wasn't moving around, I felt like I was wasting time and I'm just going to deteriorate yeah, yeah, in that yeah. one spot. And, you know, now that we've found each other and we've traveled quite a bit together, but there's, we're not rushing things quite so much anymore. And we're, we're learning how to value that space between doing you know where we're just being and it's such a such a gem to really absorb that you guys are you're maturing you know (laughs) that's that's what that's great isn't that fun to be able to observe and experience that Mm. yeah for sure absolutely so you know you went you to kind of bring this back full circle you went through this amazing redemption as you called it and spiritual unfolding consciousness expanse expansion experience throughout life that's never-ending process you eventually 
started helping other people too. Now you're a transformational coach, right? Yeah. How do you find that work to be fulfilling for you? I'm sure. Oh man, you know what? It's so cool working with people because after having a podcast for a little over a year now, you know, I was just getting tons of questions about this, some stuff about health and like the best supplements and dietary recommendations and herbs and biohacking and all this kind of stuff. And what I found is as my show, and I still do content about all that stuff because I'm very much like a geek when it comes to health and all this, but the questions coming in started to become more about existential issues mm-hmm. and emotional, spiritual, mm-hmm. uh, mental blocks that people were having. And again, going back to what we were talking about earlier, I don't see myself as someone who has it figured out by any stretch. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, I'm still baffled by a lot of things and I'm just constantly working on myself. So I never thought, oh, yeah, I'll be a spiritual teacher or a transformational coach. I still don't even know what to call it. Like I mm-hmm. get booked at these events and they're like, how do you want to be built? I'm like, I really have no idea. I mean, what I like to talk about is really what we've been talking about, which would put me in the category of like a spiritual teacher. But that mm-hmm. just sounds so weird it does. <laughs> because I'm not I mean, I'm a rock and roll guy and I like have sex and cuss and (laughs) like sometimes I eat junk food and you know what I mean I'm not like a saint by any stretch but what happened with the coaching was a lot of people started to send in questions to my website and social media that were a lot deeper than just like hey what's better reishi mushrooms or lion's mane or whatever Mm -hmm. you know um they were less (laughs) yeah yeah totally (laughs) less less surfacey so I think what I've done in terms of uh accidentally marketing my services or myself is I sort of reel people in with the Trojan horse of all the health stuff and all the shit that's like the low hanging fruit, Mm -hmm. lifestyle practices, getting rid of blue light, EMF mitigation, um, eating a clean diet or whatever that looks like to someone. All of that stuff is like, no, that's cool. That's like entry level stuff. You got to have your biology working, but the real work is like, let's get into the subconscious where Mm -hmm. those blocks are happening. So now I find that people, especially after doing shows like yours, that they're like, oh, there's more to this guy than just like zany biohacking tricks and things like that, that there's uh, that I have more to offer. So it's been really fulfilling now that I have a more clearly defined program. Mm-hmm. I was working with people just doing one off calls like Skype coaching and even in person coaching for people in L.A. And. I have a real knack for seeing where someone's stuck and giving them the right tools to get unstuck. Mm-hmm. But I find that it's almost just like a quick fix band-aid thing to just do one-offs with people. And yeah. so I actually took that off my website and I'm like, now people really have to fill out quite an extensive application. Mm-hmm. And then I get those emails and I look through the application and if I feel like they're serious and I honestly feel like I can truly help them and not just take their money, then I'll call them and do like a 15 minute free Skype mm-hmm. and we'll get on Skype and I'll really, I don't know, it sounds corny, but I'll really feel out their energy mm-hmm. and see if there's congruency there. And if I really think I can do something, and then I'll do another call. That's also, if, if that passes my <laughs> requirements, then I'll do another free call for like an hour. Mm-hmm. and then really dive into what's going on with them. And if they make it past that, then I'm like, all right, now let's do three months. Yep. And so that's what I'm doing now is like a 90-day program. And some people want help with like launching a podcast and career stuff mm-hmm. or 
you know, doing the things that I do or things that I have experience with in terms of being an entrepreneur and just productivity. And some people want that. Um, some people want the health stuff. They want to lose weight, sex drive, whatever. Some people want guidance with relationships, which is hilarious because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> you know, an area that I'm still very much working on and not currently in one right now as a, as a testament to that fact. Um, <laughs> but what I find is really, man, people want liberation. They want freedom. They want to have an experience with God, mm -hmm. but they don't want to join a religion. And if they are part of a religion, they want a deeper, more personal experience of it. And yep. they want autonomy within their particular belief system or their family's belief system. They want to have their own interpretation and experience of it. So I'm finding so much fulfillment in my program now because it's very hands-on and I only take on a couple people because honestly, I just don't, I wish I could take on 25 people a month. I'd be a zillionaire, but <laughs> I really only do like five clients at a time because we do weekly calls and monthly calls of various lengths. And then we communicate on Voxer, which is like a walkie talkie mm -hmm. app. Mm -hmm. So I really, really am very close with my clients. And the reason we do Voxer is because I don't want to, I don't want my phone like getting blown up with text and, yep. and the missing messages and stuff. And also you can't just talk on the phone with someone every day because mm -hmm. you know, I'm trying to run two businesses and stuff. But on Voxer is cool. It's really great for coaching because you can text or you can just leave instantaneous like walkie talkie messages. So one of my clients right now, well, he'll, I go get a message in the morning. He's like, dude, I'm doing great today. Thanks for the recommendation on that meditation that you told me to learn or, you know, this exercise or whatever. Or I'll get a message. He's like, dude, yesterday was great. I'm really struggling today. I'm going to a dark place, man. I'm falling down the hole. Like I need help. And then we'll, I'll answer him back and give him some nuggets or I'll just be like, oh shit, I need to rearrange things and we need to jump on a call right now. Mm -hmm. And then we'll do his weekly call like today instead of on Friday because it's urgent. So I'm getting a lot of satisfaction out of that because I, like I can really move the needle when I screen people, right? And only take on people that I truly believe I can help. Yeah. There's another really guy important. that just, there's another guy that just applied and I did a call with him and he just wants to like dump his problems on me and just bitch about stuff. And you're not the therapist. Yeah, I'm not that guy. You know, you could pay a therapist to do that. And then, which has value. I mean, I believe Absolutely. in like negative toxic emotions. You got to get that shit out. You oh, go yeah. see a shaman, you know, you go see a therapist, but that's not me. I'm like, my clients, they talk a little bit and then I talk a lot. Like, <laughs> I can, I can feel and see, I just can with the right person when we're a good match, I can really see and feel where they're stuck and I know exactly what they need to do to get unstuck. And I'd only take people on that are serious and will listen to the stuff that I tell them. Mm. And I can tell that in the first two calls. And if they're not teachable and open and they really don't want to change, they just want someone to be a sounding board for their ego, then I'm just like, I'm not the guy. And I'll recommend another route for them, which usually is like therapy or something like that. Sure. So to sure. answer your question, yeah, it's, I, I finally like, I think at least at this stage in, in my, you know, brand or whatever you want to call what I do, I found a nice sweet spot that's really fun right now. However, I already know it's not sustainable and it's not scalable. Mm -hmm. And as I become busier, I can't be like on Voxer with five clients a day. I mean, mm -hmm. it's just like, it's already becoming challenging to do that. But 
um, because I love it so much, I'm going to do it for as long as I can. And then I don't know, I guess after that, it becomes like an online program or something yeah. where you can reach more people, you know, because it's like, I don't know, I've actually interviewed a couple of my guests about this that are transformational coaches, teachers, etc. And I'm like, how do you reconcile you know, helping people with spirituality and charging a bunch of money for it, you know, because mm -hmm. there seems to be a conflict there, which I've had to get over in my mind. And, you know, they say things like, well, Luke, you've been working on yourself for 21 years every day, all day long. Mm -hmm. That ha does that not have value? And right. someone comes along, they've been doing it for six months. They should pay your ass because <laughs> you put in the, you put in the work, you know? Um, but I think another great way to do it is uh, one of my guests, Lacey Phillips, who has a site called Free and Native. She's a manifestation advisor, I think she calls it, you know, and she has a just amazing, amazingly powerful intuition and empathy. I mean, I sat with her and interviewed her and the whole time I'm interviewing her, I'm like, I'm taking coaching with her. <laughs> I don't care what she calls it. And right after we're done, I was like, when can I book a session? Like you are badass, you know, because <laughs> she has that same ability. But what she does is when she reached, she's much more popular than I in terms of the, you know, the coaching thing. She's like, well, at a certain point I hit a threshold and I could either do one of two things. I could take on more people less effectively, or I could take on fewer people and charge more money. But then I felt bad about that because only rich people can afford me. So what she does is she charges a lot to work with her one-on-one. -on -one. It takes like six-month waiting list, but then she takes one pro bono client on um, every month for free and gives them the same exact service, you know. So I can foresee – I mean, I already do that, to be honest, with like a lot of my <laughs> friends that I mentor, but they're not like part of an official three-month thing. I just have a lot of friends that are in their 30s and are younger and dumber than me, and I help them out. <laughs> um, they're smarter in many ways, though. Um, but I think that's the thing is perhaps developing something where you, you, you give a certain number of people services for free and then it balances things out a bit so that you're not only getting people that have already solved the financial piece. Cause the thing is, I find a lot of clients, they have limiting beliefs that are preventing them from being able to afford something like working directly with me for a period of time. Mm -hmm. So it's like with them, like, all right, I'll coach you for free until you can afford me, you know, or something like that. So. It's so fun and fulfilling to, to watch someone have a discovery of their higher self and have an experience of God and spirituality that never would have ever believed that that was possible for them. That's like, I don't need anything much else in life other than that. I mean, just to be a co-conspirator in someone's mm -hmm. own awakening, there's honestly, there's nothing more fulfilling that I've ever experienced. The only thing I can imagine is probably fulfilling to that degree on a soul level or perhaps even more would be having a kid, you know, or a couple kids where you're you're literally the steward for an, a soul to incarnate and you guide them and protect them in their little physical entity body and impart your wisdom and experience to them. I mean, I'm, I'm sure as a parent, that's probably like light years beyond... Um, what I'm experiencing as a coach, but coaching and stuff is sort of my version of parenting until my life circumstances facilitate the full on deal. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I couldn't agree more watching somebody unfold into their true potential and really discovering their most authentic self because you shared that space with them is one of the most rewarding feelings that I've ever had to experience. Um, 
And we also talk about the child thing quite often because that's on our minds. We're like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we've actually, uh, not many people know this, but we've had like serious dreams and visions of our future daughter. Shout out to Kaya Sage. <laughs> yeah, we've already named her. We've uh, talked to her. She doesn't exist yet. We're crazy, but, uh, you know, yeah. premonition that's dreams. That's so cool. <laughs> but, that's so cool. You know, so you're, you're, you. you're right because that's got to be something that we can't, I mean, we don't understand it, right? We can only pretend like we possibly could, but. Well, and to also talk about this real quick, you know, it's a true testament to what humanity is going through because now people are reaching out to really want to explore themselves on a deep level. And and we work in a similar space uh, that you are, you know, doing with your clients and maybe just a different way, but um, that same thing where people are coming to you and really wanting to unfold and transform and discover themselves so they can be the best version of themselves possible. Because when that happens, they can then give back to humanity and make a difference in the world. And that's really mm -hmm. what we, we talk about a lot and, and getting people in to be able to help them to that degree and then unleash them and let them go out and do their thing to contribute in such a positive and beautiful way into the world. I just think a lot of people oh, are yeah. tired of this rat race i think a lot of people are tired of being stuck a lot of people are you talked about you know being a slave i mean that's what a lot of humanity is in the sense of <laughs> you know, literally you know that we're going to school and you know and i don't i don't want to knock anybody's path or anything but you know for me i was doing the same thing i was going to school going to grad school getting in the corporate world climbing the corporate ladder and then i said oh shit moment and then like, i could go to africa and i Change. find myself and I change and I'm doing something completely different than I ever thought I would ever do. And it's the most liberating experience, especially doing it with somebody, you know, as with Sarah and the love of my life. He but, loves me. Um, you know, just having, having, you guys are so cute. I love it. <laughs> having those moments and, um, being able to wake up to that fact, um, and helping other people do that is amazing. But I wish more people would be able to live their life Boldly and openly and being able to do the things they actually love to do instead of working for somebody they hate doing something they can't stand doing or just doing something that other people tell them to do exactly. you know how many how many of us at what point in our lives did we have to decide like okay my parents want this but I want this my spouse or partner wants this but i truly want this at what point do you finally say that your needs your values matter and it it takes a certain level of commitment to go within the self to discover those needs and values but once you start once you know your fundamental driving forces your whole life just the bricks just lay one by one if you're willing to do the work and if you're willing to listen if you're willing to teach learn learn teach you know it's this it's this amazing experience that I think fear is the number one thing that holds people back from their full success because success means things have to change. It means people have to fall out of our lives sometimes. It means habits have to die away. Well, and, and getting out of your own way and being able to go out of your comfort zone is the most, I think, crucial thing for most people to be able to leave that comfort zone, whatever bubble they're in, and step outside, even if it's for you know a little while, you know whatever it is, mm -hmm. to be able to step outside of that, you know, you really start to awaken to a whole new side of yourself. So being mm -hmm. getting out of that comfort zone, getting out of your own way is is huge. Absolutely. 
But, you know, it's great. You know, I wish we had more time to just dive into even more details of your story because I know that it, it goes all kinds of directions. Um, unfortunately, we do have to wrap things up. But before we go, is there any last bit of consciousness, you know, nuggets you'd like to leave for our listeners that have really absorbed this conversation and are excited to take things a step further in their own path? <laughs> it's like, do you have any last words? <laughs> <laughs> last thing you want to say before you leave the planet, kid. <laughs> you know, man, I think it, 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 that the answer to that question would be different every month or every six months or every year because as we each grow, what we need in, in those moments of growth is different, you know? So it's like a year ago, I would have had a totally different perspective, but what I'm finding right now, just as a snapshot in my own evolution is how important it is to, it's hard to say it in a way that doesn't sound hmm, corny. I think self-appreciation and self-love it's beyond self-acceptance, you know, acceptance of self to me is just like, okay, so, you know, I'm 46 years old. This is how much money I make. These are like some of the habits that I have that I'd like to change. These are some of the ones that I have changed. It's sort of like just a casual analysis of oneself and said, yeah, I guess I'm a pretty cool guy. I don't hate myself. So mm -hmm. therefore I accept myself and that's a good start. But to really begin to own one's own uniqueness and majesty and uh, for me just having the experience of being you know not authentic but being like a fucking awesome person you know it's like <laughs> oh my god just to look at myself and go dude you are amazing you are mm -hmm. so smart you're so creative you're so driven you're so talented like luke hello it's almost like I want to knock myself in the head sometime and go like, dude, wake up. You're dope. <laughs> You're really fantastic. Yes. You know, and that's like the message to myself is like, man, just own your power, own your your worth and your value. And that's something that's taken me a long time to even begin to scratch the surface of um, because I've had to work through so much of the the ideas that are counter to that, all mm -hmm. of the shame and self-loathing and feeling less than and all of that stuff. But in, in facing the, you know, all of those shadows, it sort of revealed what's underneath all those shadows, which is, which is really me. Mm -hmm. And what's so awesome. And I'm sure you guys have this experience too, or I would assume is in having my podcast and getting to explore all of these ideas with so many fascinating people and then have the world reflect back to me. Just, I'm just being my normal kooky self, just doing my thing. I'm not, <laughs> trying to be anyone special but the feedback I get because I'm putting out my my personality and my you know my your authentic creativity self. and all that yeah I'm putting that out in a public platform I get so much feedback that it's like the feedback loop is finally hitting me where I'm going wait all these direct messages on Instagram of people being like oh my god you saved my life you inspire me now mm -hmm. I believe in myself this and that. I mean it's just non-stop that now I'm sort of like the last one to know and it's it's like oh, shit, I guess I've been this way the whole time. I would just never, I never allowed myself 
I was never had the capacity to acknowledge that and identify the qualities that I do have, the good stuff, because there was never enough people around reflecting it back. And so mm -hmm. it, it took like putting myself out there in a fearless, authentic, unabashed way to really be accepted by mm -hmm. other people. And that's helping me with that, that self-love, you know? So I would say as a recommendation is like, if you think you're giving, you know, 8% of your true self to the world, you know, out of a possible 10, uh, give 15 and you're probably still only giving a five, Right. you know, it's like be bigger than you ever thought you could get away with. Be more yourself, be more open, more vulnerable, like get hurt, get destroyed, get wrecked. <laughs> Everything that you're afraid of, do it right now. Yeah. Do it 10 times harder and scarier than you think you can. Whatever your equivalent of jumping out of an airplane. I'm never going to jump out of an airplane, by the way. <laughs> That's not the kind of fear that I'm talking about. But whatever your terrifying equivalent of that is, getting up and doing public speaking or uh, whatever it is, I, I would advise to just like literally walk through the fire because what's on the other side of that fire is tough feet, man. You right. know, it's like I'm becoming so much more resilient. And, and with some self-awareness and I think giving credit where credit's due, like for me, at the going back to the beginning of this conversation, knowing that where all of this stuff that people are now so into, the, at least the people that are into the work that I do, is that it all comes from the initial surrender. And so I know that like if I can take a nice photograph or play something on guitar or run a good podcast or do a good interview or coach people or inspire people or do whatever I'm doing, that I didn't invent myself. So therefore, it's like you're immune from getting a big ego about it mm -hmm. and thinking you're the shit because like... Even when someone's like, hey, someone told me yesterday, I was in yoga and after class, this girl looks at me and she's like, dude, I just got to tell you, you are so good looking. You <laughs> are like ridiculously handsome. Uh, you could be a model or something. She's like, I normally don't do this, but like you're stunning. That's what she told me. And there wasn't one iota of me that felt elated from that or like got a boost from that or felt like I was the shit or like took it to the head or anything like that because it's like I literally didn't make my body like the physical protoplasm that makes up whatever this thing is that I'm running around in <laughs> I didn't come up with it so therefore I can't take any credit for it although it was nice to hear and I was like just instantly the credit goes to God mm -hmm. you know I was like well th you know I said that's a really sweet thing of you to say God that's a vulnerable thing to do you know to just go up to someone and give them such a compliment like that and so that's nice, but it really doesn't matter to me because mm -hmm. I didn't do it. And even if you, you know, gave a, uh, gave a really great TED talk and it got 40 million views and all these great comments and stuff, it's like, yeah, but you didn't even give yourself the brain that made you be able to give that talk. In other words, like all glory goes to God in the end, you know, mm -hmm. but there is there is something to be said for recognizing the glory within ourselves as an expression of God and not denying that through some sort of false humility, because that is also ego. Mm -hmm. If I, if that woman would have said that to me, I was like, Oh no, I mean, don't you see my nose is kind of crooked and I have these dark circles and my hairlines receding and I have kind of a gut, even though I'm supposed to be like this health guy. And <laughs> I could find all of the reasons why what she said wasn't true, but I didn't do that. I just went, yeah, thanks. That's, that's cool. I appreciate it. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Because to her, what she said was true. Yeah, my shell, my meat suit is like symmetrical, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) What is, is, you know, what is handsome or attractive? It's like, well, nothing's too crooked and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. It's so silly. It doesn't even, it's meaningless. But knowing that any, any gifts you have weren't created by you, I think helps you to appreciate them and acknowledge them and accept them without the danger of, the ego co-opting that stuff and having you become pathologically narcissistic. Mm. It's like you realize, yeah, okay, so so what? Like I'm in a meat suit that, you know, could be a model. It doesn't matter. I have plenty, plenty of other problems to work on, you know, so thank <laughs> God at least I got that. But then, you know, I bite my fucking fingernails and I can't stop. So there you go. It's like... <laughs> I mean, literally, I'm sitting here like picking my nails as we do this interview. I'm not nervous. I have no perceivable anxiety, but I literally can't stop that habit. Mm-hmm. The only way I know how to stop biting my fingernails is by starting to smoke and cig- smoke cigarettes, <laughs> which I did for a lifetime, you know. And so I look at that and I go, well, I could either smoke or bite my nails. One of those two habits has always been in play. And I think, well, biting my nails is gross, but it's a little less gross than smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and less Goodbye. detrimental. Yeah. <laughs> A little less detrimental. So that's like a really long-winded answer to a very simple question. And in summary, I will just say, love yourself without reservation. Just love yourself until you're just drowning in your own self-love and be bigger than you ever, ever imagined you could possibly be and ignore all haters and all people that are in so much pain that they want to put you back down in your place because you don't have a place. Your place is, is more is more um, expansive than mm-hmm. you could ever possibly imagine. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. Very well that said. Literally are no limits. The only limits are those of of ego, you know, that tell us to stay small and invisible so we don't get hurt. I love it. Yeah. I love right. it. Right. I love it. You know what, Luke? You... I get excited when you ask me meaningful questions. <laughs> like that. Good. That's your I have this little voice. It's like, Luke, okay, shut up now. It's supposed to be the end of the story. And it's like, yeah, I can't. Well, I can't. But you know what? It's that moment of transparency that you were talking about before. People want to see people for who they are. And if we're constantly censoring ourselves, cutting ourselves short, worrying about length of time, worrying about perceptions of others, you know, we that's where we cut our own selves off from who we are to the core. And so your transparency is refreshing. And I think that's why you find so many people attracted to you is because we don't get a lot of transparency in this world. And this is something that we vowed together as a team when we started our business that from point from that moment, we will be transparent, we'll be raw, we'll be uncut. We're going to show parts of ourselves that you would be terrified to show to most people but you know what so many people need that because they're seeing all these highlight reels of the world and they're thinking shit i'm screwed up because nobody's <laughs> yeah. showing themselves well, look at them on facebook <laughs> right you know what you, you know con- what you know what you know how i look at that it's like the difference between your instagram page and your instagram stories yeah <laughs> you yep. know it's like I try to keep my Instagram page pretty sexy looking, you know, I mean, not literally sexy, but I mean, you know, well curated. Yeah. yeah. But my stories, I'm totally spastic and mental and just like, oh, absolutely. I'm, re- I'm ridiculously real on my Instagram stories, but I don't want to mess up my feed. So that I, <laughs> I, I like 
if I have a picture and I have big bags under my eyes and I'm going to do a selfie, I will literally go in and like smooth out my skin with an app and like look better <laughs> than I actually look. It's totally fake a lot of it. Mm -hmm. But the stories are like wake up in the morning, like looking real shitty right. in the mug and just posting it and mispronouncing things and having bad grammar <laughs> and swearing and not being in shape and the stories All that is great. The stories are what matter, you know, when it comes down to it. Yeah. The stories are what matter. And so if our listeners want to follow you on social media, where can they find you? Well, if you want to see a more edited version of me, that's on my Instagram, which is at Luke Story, S-T-O-R-E-Y. If you want to see the real, 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 uncut, raw dog, then Instagram stories on that same account. But I think really the, the most value that I'm putting out into the uh, the social sphere right now is my podcast, The Lifestylist. Mm -hmm. You can find everything that I do at my website, lukestory.com. And uh, yeah, there's a place on my homepage where you can get on my newsletter. And I have a very respectful, uh, restrained newsletter policy. I only email people if I'm going to do a speaking event which are most of the time free anyway. Uh, and when I do a podcast release or like a YouTube video or something like that, I don't really like market stuff mm -hmm. for the most part uh, at the time being when this airs at least. So um, a great way for people to get like tons of value out of me is to go to my homepage and get on my newsletter. Perfect. Oh, awesome. awesome. Well, we definitely recommend that to our listeners. The Lifestylist podcast is truly inspirational. And I tell you, we've really enjoyed this time with you, Luke. You too. Yeah, man. We got to hopefully we'll uh, maybe dive into part two with the biohacking, some kundalini yoga because we're, we're deeply <laughs> yeah, into dude, kundalini. We didn't so. even. Yeah, yeah. On the physical realm, there's a lot there, too. You know, I mean, this stuff, I'm passionate about that. But the stuff we talked about, you guys, is just this, this is where I get like tears in my eyes and mm -hmm. my heart opens. And it's just like, oh, man, I'm just so full of gratitude. But I'm also, you know, you could see behind me in the video, I've got my infrared sauna here. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm like a full health fanatic, like mm -hmm. biohacker to the nth degree. <laughs> so be happy to talk about any of that stuff, too, because I have I have gotten to the root of a lot of stuff on the physical plane, too, which is part of the deal, because you you can't have a beat down, you know, meat suit housing mm -hmm. your soul or your soul is not able to express itself so the reason like i have the energy that i do to put out as much content and i think hopefully value to the world is because i'm on so many goddamn supplements and practices and the kundalini and breath work and ice baths and all the crazy <laughs> stuff that i do i'm able to really bring it because my biology and mitochondria frankly can keep up with me it's Absolutely. so important. Yeah. So you hear that, listeners? Stay tuned for part two somewhere in the future because we got to dive into it. We got to. Anytime. So, yeah, that's great. Cool, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Luke. Thank you for inviting me. What an amazing conversation. You know what I really like about that is an interview turned into a casual conversation where we got super deep. That's right. You know, you have these questions that you really want to ask the, the interviewee and you just end up turning into a conversation like you were best friends. <laughs> Absolutely. That connection is what we thrive off of. It is. We really enjoyed it and we hope you did too. Absolutely. So guess what, guys? Remember to stay tuned for updates on Core Essence. Join our inner circle by subscribing to our website, 
to receive updates via email. And until next time, we will catch you later. Yeah, and if you're on Charlotte, come out November 8th. We work. It's adjacent to the Westin downtown. We'll be speaking, as we said, on our keynote topic, Finding Health, Happiness, and Connection, the Body, Mind, Soul Approach to Veganism. Check you guys later. Bye-bye.